ends his final game with a walk-off single. Pixies loaded. Two out. Chavez takes a home run and turns it into a double play. All right. Welcome to the ball club. This is episode six. I'm your host, Joey, here with my co-host, Harry and Austin. Got a couple things to talk about. Otani's arbitration numbers. The Mariners clinch the playoffs. Judge is still in the home run race. NL East is getting super hot. We are recording today, Monday, October 3rd. So with that, let's just start off with the Otani arbitration. The Angels bought out his last year for $30 million. I don't think I've seen arbitration go that high. I'm sure maybe it has, but I haven't seen it go that high. Uh, he's a free agent in 2024. And again, this is an arbitration buyout, not a contract extension. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we were talking a little off air about it. I think that it's kind of crazy what the Angels had him for this past, you know, four, four years or so. Um, and he's getting, he's getting what's due to him. Uh, he was on spot track. He was ranked like 226th in the league as far as salary this year. Um, and next year he'll be at like, I think it's like top 15 or something like that. So he's definitely getting his just desserts, right? He's had an MVP caliber season as we've talked about. Um, so I, I definitely, I definitely think it's well-deserved on his part. Yeah, I think it's deserved. I see why the angels did it. Um, I think they just want to avoid that drama of arbitration and going to arbitration. Teams hate going to arbitration in general. Um, I think Otani might've been able to get even more in arbitration, which is crazy to even think that he might've gotten 30, 35 million um, instead of just getting 30 on the dot. Um, but we'll see. Um, I think it leads into an interesting conversation as to the fact that what do the angels do now? I think it all but guarantees that Otani's probably gone in my opinion. Um, cause why would he not sign a contract extension if he was interested in staying in LA? I mean, I know it gives him some leverage, but he's got the most power that he has right now. Well, he may, come off of he, back may to back. Offered, he may not have been offered because the angels are possibly uh, selling the team. So, right. And if the angels don't want to offer him right now, then why would he want to be on a team where he's, uh, he's arguably the best player in baseball overall. And also, he, yeah. And he's Sorry, right. And as of, no, it's okay. And as of right now, he has so much power coming off of back-to-back potentially. I mean, he was MVP last year. You could argue that he could be the MVP this year. Obviously, we think, I mean, I think we're all in agreement mostly that Judge is going to win it. Um, but as of right now, he has all the power that he wants in the world to, to negotiate a 10-year, 12-year, $400 million, $500 million mega deal. And that's not getting discussed right now. To me, that all, all but guarantees he's going to be leaving L.A. Now, I think the, the more, interest, more interesting discussion is – do they trade him or do they try to bank on him re-signing and then they try to do a mega deal at the end of it when he's going to have even more leverage than he has now? So it's well, interesting. What I, yeah, what I was going to say like to that point, right, is what's so interesting about Otani is while everyone's like, you know, he's a pitcher and a hitter and that's obviously so valuable for so many reasons, but he's also, I think, going to be 29 at the end of next season and the fact that he's a pitcher and a hitter, while it boosts his value from a performance standpoint, it's also a lot more risky for him, right, from an injury standpoint. So I think everyone thinks that he should be paid as both, which I, I first of all, I don't think that he will be like, it's not like he's, he might get the high, like, he might get one of the highest contracts ever, but we'll see. And if he does, the Angels are not the team that is in position to, to pull the trigger on that. So I definitely no. agree. Like, I think he'll be gone by, by the end of next season. 
I think uh, if I anything, think... the Angels understand. Sorry, Joey, just real quick. Uh, yeah, um, I just think the Angels should understand from past contracts, i.e., the pool host, the Hamilton contract. Yeah. If your team's not ready to win right now, and your team's not ready to go, even at that time, they were more ready to win when they signed Pujols and Hamilton and be a playoff team with the young Trout. This team is not ready. They're not even close to the playoffs. I don't think that they can sign him and build around him. They've clearly shown in the last few years that they have the two best players in baseball between Trout. I mean, two. you could say top five right now just because Trout's yeah. injuries right now, but they have arguably two of the greatest players we've seen, and they can't even win. They can't even make it out of the cellar of the AL West. I mean, you could argue right now that the Athletics are in a better position than the Angels are. So you got four MVPs on their team in like between Trout and Otani, and, and they're they in can't their even, primes. They can't <laughs> like, even get out of the cellar of the AL West, which is yeah. not the strongest division of all time. So yeah. I mean, it's it's pathetic. I think if they're smart, they sign him to this contract, and then they sell, they sell and try to get some pieces. But they've wasted their years with Trout and Otani. It's it's pretty embarrassing for LA's organization. Yeah. My thing is like, I think they're, I think they're going to sell the team. Like you don't, you don't put out that you're possibly going to sell it unless you're going to. So it looks like they're going to sell. So if they're going to sell, like I, I see him getting a big contract. I know you were talking about injuries, Harry, but he, he already had Tommy John. It's unlikely you get it twice. So I mean, it is possible, but I think he'll still get a monster contract for at least eight years. Um, with that being said with the angels, like if they are going to sell, then they're probably going to want to set their new ownership up to rebuild. So you have to ask yourself, okay, are we good this year? Because if we're good this year, we'll keep them and try to win. But if we're not good this year, then yeah, you obviously have to trade them and get what you can. Because, but here's the thing. If you trade him, he's gone. He's never coming back. So unless the angels are like really close to winning, which I don't foresee them winning because the Astros are going to run that division for the next couple of years, I think. So I, I do think that they wasted all of trout and Notani and Rendon together. I mean, Rendon hasn't even been playing. So there's that, but yeah, if they're in a bad position by the trade deadline, I think he's as good as gone to another team. They, they did this. <clears throat> they bought him out to, for it. It's a look thing. I mean, you don't want to go to arbitration with the biggest player in baseball, like arguably the most popular player in baseball. So it's a no brainer to just hand him the bag for walk. this year. <clears throat> no, can't you can't let him walk. Like if, no. if you, if you no. don't get anything for this guy, that's insane. I think you right? can probably, I realistically, I think you can probably get, two to three prospects for him and probably one or two guys that are going to play right now. Yeah, that's, it would be that's like how much he's going to demand. Type, yeah, if not, it's going to be a once. It might even be more than what Soto, Soto is going to demand, yeah. which is crazy. But the thing that made it different with, with Soto is that I think – how much time if, did he have on his contract when they traded him over? Soto had like two years left still. Yeah, he still had some time of, some time of uh, control, whereas Otani won't. So that might be the difference. But, again, you're going to get – I don't think you make that deal unless you have a guarantee he's going to resign with you. But yeah, we'll see. see. We'll just have to see. No, he's I mean, he's been, he's been pretty open about wanting to win. Yeah. And we all, you know, he picked the American League because at the time he came to the league, there was no DH in the National League. So his options are just, they've doubled now. I think there's going to be a mm -hmm. lot of teams that will be in on him. It's just a matter of who can give up what the Angels want and then who can keep them. Because if you're trading for Otani, like you're, you're probably going to want to sign him. Could you yeah, imagine right. a storyline where he comes to, I mean, I, this obviously like, th this isn't even me being biased, but imagine a storyline where he comes such to New York boy. to the Mets such and, then it's him and him and judge though in New York would be insane. That's all I'm saying. I'm no, not, I, know, I, 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 I know the Yankees were in really, really hard on him and he, uh, he didn't want to be in New York at the time. So who knows if, if that's changed, but I think the Dodgers would be candidates. Um, any team that's like really going for it. The Padres are obviously candidates for everybody lately. So 
we'll see what happens with him. But I just, I don't foresee him staying on the angels. I don't see them having a good season in 23. So if they are having a bad season, I think they're going to trade him at the deadline. You, you have to, you can't just let him go for nothing. Yeah. And with yeah. new ownership coming in, there's no promise that you're going to go after him in free agency. Shoot. Yeah. Speaking of the Padres, I probably, this might be a hot take. I probably flipped Tatis with all the drama. If, if the angels would take him. I would give up. I would give up Tatis and say, "Yo, take this." Yeah, guy. But that's another. I don't know if they want He's to already lost a big contract. Yeah, just just speaking of a guy that just like completely lost his reputation, like Tatis. If you're the Padres mm-hmm. and you're all in, like you're saying you're all in, would the Angels not maybe take a waiver on that? I mean, I know they don't want to spend the money, but it's interesting. Hansung Kim is playing pretty it's good. Interesting. Stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to think about. So we'll have to see what uh, we'll have to see what teams. I, I'm I'm going to imagine that every single team in the league is going to put in on it. Uh, offer for Otani if it comes yeah, to Yeah, everyone everyone's gonna be interested. I say that yeah. like my, my even, even teams that aren't aren't uh, right. aren't contenders, they're probably gonna take a waiver on Otani. Yeah, so. like you'll see you'll see the tweets like you know, oh this yeah. this many teams have checked in on Otani. Like everyone's gonna check in. There's not gonna be yeah. anyone that doesn't check in. You know, you're getting two players in one. Yeah, the all yeah. talk. They want to look like they're in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So on the uh, on the Tatis thing though, do you think that like a team like the Angels that's you know probably looking to rebuild and selling the team is looking for a guy like that with all that drama? Yeah, I, I, I mean, mean, maybe, maybe yeah. you're right. Like I, I like the I like the thought there. Like it's definitely yeah. interesting. There's a lot of drama. I just think I think if they were to do it, it would just be because he's so young that they might be able to fit him in the timeline with all that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as a superstar player, I mean, he is he's significantly younger than than uh, Otani. He's like five, six years younger than Otani. So you might be able to fit a big contract like that into your timeline. Whereas if Otani's 29 right now, I don't think that within five, six years or even in your timeline yet. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's he's going to demand a superstar player in return. It's just I think that's that's going to be his price, especially if you have a guarantee that he's going to resign. He, you might get one or two. As I said, you might get a superstar. You might get one or two starters. And then you might get another two, three prospects with him. He's he's going to demand that type of trade. So it's going to be Angel, So I'm really cautious to do that because they've already wrapped themselves in with uh, Mike Trout, who Mike Trout is worth the money, but he hasn't he hasn't been healthy in like four years. He hasn't had a healthy season. So right, which is incredible. This is the majority <laughs> of the season, his numbers are still crazy. And then Rendon hasn't played at all, and they signed him to a huge contract too. I mean, they do need a shortstop, but you have to ask yourself too, do they want to wrap themselves in another big contract when they're selling the team? Probably not. And then Tatis, like in my opinion, he's not going to stay shortstop. Like he's not, he's he's not a great shortstop. So I don't, I don't foresee, like maybe they'll make him a left fielder or they'll move him over to second, but I don't think they're going to want to wrap themselves into a huge contract for a guy that can't really field a position right now. Insane. What happened to that guy? Insane. Such a shame. Such a shame. All right, moving on. Seattle. You guys ready for Seattle? Yeah, let's do it. So as my it boy rain, Nikki Scarlotta says, Seattle. it does. As my boy <laughs> Nikki Scarlotta says, the Seattle Mariners uh, clinched the postseason after 21 years. Cal Rayleigh walks it off. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it was it was mm-hmm. that, that was a moment for sure. It was electric. Saw a highlight. Yeah, it was it was mm-hmm. insane. Cal Rayleigh, good job. Yeah, uh, I'm just so happy for Seattle. Seattle has been such a terrorized city for sports. They lose their beloved SuperSonics about the same time that. Uh, but at the same time that they make the postseason in baseball, and now they now they haven't made it in so long, and they've had good teams. They've they they seem like they have an organization that's all in now. Um, I like them because they're a young, exciting team, and it was just electric. Watch it, hearing their announcer call that walk off home run. It just seemed like such a weight was lifted off of their shoulders. I think they're a legit team. I think they're a threat. I know maybe some people in this podcast don't agree with me, um, but I think that's a team that you just don't want to play in October, especially. As we talked about before, Joey in New York, it just seems like Seattle kind of has their number this year. 
And right, it's gonna right. be it's gonna be super super interesting to see if they can make some noise. And the last time that I can think, the I mean, obviously that team twenty one years ago was the Ken Griffey Jr. led Seattle Mariners. Now they got another young, exciting outfielder in Julio. It's a pretty interesting comparison. It's a pretty interesting uh, parallel. And I like Seattle. I'm super happy for them. I, I would like to see them be successful. And if that's a team that comes out of the AL this, AL this year, then I've got no problems with it. Yeah, um, I like that. Well, right now, so, and this is, I think, still subject to change. I think this series might be one of the few that's locked up. I, I literally just checked MLB.com. So the Mariners would line up to play the Blue Jays, which I think mm-hmm. the Blue Jays have the top wild card seed, whatever, I'd take that for what you want. And then the winner would play the Astros. So if they were to see the Yankees, it would be the CS if the Yankees made it that far. But I do like Seattle versus Toronto. Like, that's a fun matchup, like, both have really good pitching. Like you're looking at Manoa, Gosman, you're looking at Ray and, and Castillo. I mean, Blue Jays probably have a little bit of better offense, but that's, I like that matchup a lot, but I wouldn't count Seattle out of anything. Like they're just such a good team. Their yeah, pitching like, is just unreal. I like Seattle over Toronto. They remind yeah, I, they, I'm not a big Toronto guy, so. They remind me with their, with their pitching staff and, and taking care of their guys. They actually remind me a lot of um, the 2015 Mets that, that kind of made the uh, when they when they made the World Series that year, like they just have a lot of great like young pitchers right now, and they're taking care of their guys right, and they're signing, um, you know, obviously like they got their young guys in in um, in Julio, but um, yeah, I I actually really do agree with with Austin here. I think that that this is a dangerous club with a lot of spunk, and you you don't you don't want to run into them. You don't want to run into them this year. No, you never want to face that 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 pitching in their lineup isn't nothing to scarf at either. Like they have a good lineup. So it's definitely like a, yeah. a sleeper team, not for us, but you know, I think a lot of people are looking at them like, Oh, that's great. But they're never going to make it past the Astros. I mean, it's possible. I mean, putting yourself in the, in the wild card series definitely disadvantages you for the DS, but they're still such a dangerous team. I, I like them a lot. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But also you could think of it like, yeah, it keeps you at a disadvantage from a, from a pitching and, and rotation standpoint, but something I was going to bring up a little later in this podcast is how much of it actually could potentially propel you with momentum, right? Towards the, the Mariners, I would almost be more concerned for them if they were just going right up against the Astros, right? Versus needing to win this first series against the Rays. If they can do that and then, you know, have all the momentum going into that Houston series, I think it almost gives them a better chance just having that momentum just from a sports standpoint, I don't know. That's just a feeling thing, obviously not based on any data at all. Obviously the data would suggest that having your top guys available to pitch against Houston would be ideal, but I don't know. I think they need something a little more than, than what's on the stat sheet against in that series. Yeah. I think, I think Houston's going to be the toughest matchup for them. It's crazy to think that for their pitching staff in the playoffs, Robbie Ray is probably their fourth pitcher. He's the AL, he's the AL Cy Young from last year. It's probably going to go, I'm guessing it's going to go Castillo, Gilbert, Kirby, Ray, in my opinion. Um, which is just crazy. Kind of pressure about. on Kirby because Kirby's still still a rookie. And- he, but he's outperformed Ray this year to me. Yeah. In my opinion, he's the clear cut two three guy on the in their uh, in their rotation. So yeah, and you may, Castillo you may solidifies the I mean, top, yeah. and he and he makes it all make sense. Them going out and getting Castillo to me is the game changer because he sits at the top. He's clearly your ace. It just makes sense. You don't have a bunch of guys now. You don't have a bunch of Indians now. You have, now you have a chief at the top. It's incredible. It's incredible that their organization continues to go out every single offseason and make the team better. They retain their guys. They got guys like Ty France, JP Crawford, all these guys that are young, good players. 
they're a scary team. They're going to be a good team in the playoffs. So this yeah, might not be their year I this like year, but it's, it's definitely a big stepping stone for them in the upcoming years to finally break that mold and to make it this year. If they don't do anything this year, I think that you got to be worried about them next year because you got to think that they're going to go out and sign at least one or two more players, and they're just going to continue to solidify that team. As I said, I mentioned it like two, three times already. It's ownership that is completely all in on the team, and that's refreshing to see from a young, smaller market team. So the complete opposite of the Angels. They're not wasting their talent. They're actually going out. They're, they're bolstering their lineup. They're making their team better. And uh, I think this is a team to be worried about in the next three, four, five, six years. Just like we talked about the Blue Jays last year, this is kind of like that team this year. Yeah, actually, um, I don't know how they've played against the Astros this year. I haven't kept up with those two like as much, but I, <clears throat> I do like them versus the Astros over Toronto. Like I think Seattle has more of a chance. I mean, I know Toronto has that dangerous offense, but Seattle's pitching. Like I feel like just all around, they're a better team defensively and that, you know, that's, that's really big in the postseason. So I think they would match up better against Houston. They would just be, like I said, a little bit of a disadvantage if you think of it that way. Mm-hmm. They have more of that young, like spunk, I think, than Toronto does, especially. Toronto, in Toronto's supposed to be the young spunk, but. But I feel like just the Mariners have like, just, I don't know. They just, they're in a groove right now, I guess. I, I just trust them a little bit more. Yeah, you gotta be happy for them for sure. Yeah. Anyway, that's it on Seattle. You guys have anything else with that? No, 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 let's talk about that. your favorite topic of the past month. Oh, Aaron Judge hits the 61st. <laughs> so let's, can we wait, can we wait, say it again, say, say it again, say it again. Let I me, didn't hear let you. me slow down. I'm sorry, dude. Let me, yeah. let me slow down. <laughs> Aaron Judge hits the 61st home How run. How many? How 61st. many? 61st. Six, 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 one. Six, one. Let's, wow. let's tap him up a little bit. Let's give him All what right. he deserves. All, All right. right, we'll give him the snaps. Snap we'll him the snaps. He has four games left against Texas. One's a doubleheader. So I, I think he can hit 62. I mean, it's been freezing in New York, which I think plays a factor, and that's where they've been playing. Um, he hits it against Toronto, which I absolutely love because Guerrero, you know, that first game just came out showboating, saying it was his house, his house. And then the next mm-hmm. game, Yankees take it and clinch the division in Guerrero's house, which was great. Shout out Michael K for that call. But, yeah, I think he's got it. It's, it's going to be in Texas. It's a great stadium. Texas is kind of out of it. They have no reason to pitch around them. Like the Orioles and the, and the Jays were – we're definitely pitching around him. And I, I understand it. Like as a, like as a Yankee fan, I hate it, but as a baseball fan, I get it. Like Toronto was still competing for the division. So yeah, you should pitch around him, but Texas has no reason to. You know what, you know, what's interesting about this though. I feel like it's affecting negatively affecting him for the triple crown I think because, so he, because he's been pitched around, he's getting walked and every yeah. time he's trying to hit it's for a home run. So his average is just, kind of slowly declining while he's getting walks and that's great. His on-base percentage isn't affected, but I think his batting average has been affected and the triple crown, like, you know, I sent that article to you guys. I think like six guys Mm -hmm. have done it, you know, total. Mm -hmm. So that's just like, you know, we talk about MVP and, you know, we don't want to get into that again, but like, that's historic shit right there. Yeah, that's I agree what, with that. That's what you want. Yeah, I would 100 agree. His it really does seem like he was before he hit 61. It looked like he was pressing a little bit, and I think yeah, there was a lot of pressure. That. He was definitely pressure. like, and you don't see it from Judge a lot. He's not a very animated guy, but you would see him like fly out to the warning track and like visibly be pissed off in the box. Like you can tell that it was waiting on him to get, finally hit 61. I don't think he's going to get 62 just for the fact that I don't think even though Texas has no reason to not pitch around, pit, not they have no reason to pitch around him. I still think they're going to pitch around him because I don't think teams want to throw the judge. They don't want to be the team that gives up 62. It's been an embarrassment to baseball that these teams are walking him to me. Like throw the guy a strike. If you're, if you're the Orioles right now, you're not going to be and make the playoffs. Just throw the guy a strike. 
Um, like, they did in the last game, but the first get some publicity too. Were, but, yeah, 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 do something. Yeah, do something. Like let's let's go. Like let's play baseball. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of pitching around guys. I understand it from like a tactical decision. Like I don't want to throw strikes to their best hitter when it's a lineup right now that I don't believe in. Um, but, but like you like you said, like they're pitching around him in situations that mean nothing. That, that aren't no situations sense. that you would pitch around. When the game, when the game is out yeah. of when the game, the game is, is out on of, the line. Yeah. The game's yeah, not, like, if the game's not on the line, like throw the guy a strike. It's it's yeah, it's hard to watch for baseball fans. This is exactly why baseball's viewership is in climb because stuff like this. It's it's embarrassing, it's dumb. I don't get it. Like, this is the biggest story in baseball, and how long? I mean, this is arguably the most publicized home run chase since bonds. So throw the guy some damn strikes. Let's watch it. Let's go. If he hits 62, I'd love it. But right now these teams are just pitching around him. It's, it's hurting baseball for the wrong, for all the wrong reasons. And it's everything that I don't like about baseball right now. Yeah. It's it's, not like if you pitch the last one, it's not like you're the only guy that like this guy's hit home runs off of 50 guys this year. Like it's not a great offensive season since Miguel Cabrera's triple crown. Yeah. I never remember. I never no. remember the pitchers I gave up. I really don't. I always just no. remember who got the big hit. Like I don't even I don't remember know who, who gave Jeter's hit. last hit. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who Bonds hit his like... record hitting home run off of. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> yeah, I know he hit no. it. I know he hit it in, in San Francisco, but I don't. No, Mets fan caught it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah such a Mets boy. Yeah, um, as long as Judge is sixty-two second home run doesn't go to that one douche. What's his name? The guy that oh Hample. I, I can't. As long as it doesn't guy. go to Zach yeah. Hample. I'm more than happy with him hitting it, but as long yeah, as he's hit it, when he rents out an entire section in Toronto for him to get the ball, I would prefer for anybody to catch it but him. So, no, and I'm not I'm not encouraging violence, but if you're at that game and Hample catches that ball like that, that I'm encouraging at least a shoulder check. I'm not saying throw a punch, but shoulder. <laughs> Somebody's check. gotta make him drop it. Drop yeah. it. If you something I mean. to make you drop to your knees or something. Like I'm not right. saying punch the guy. I'm just saying if you you know I'm just saying I don't know maybe a little butt check and say this is my ball. You know, right. let a little kid have the ball. We're grown. It's a million you know, dollar ball. You yeah. can fight million. a little bit They're for it. Two million. Yeah. Oh wow. No, yeah. Incredible. You're a grown yeah. man. I I still think I still think every ball needs to go to kids. That's my opinion. Yeah. So, the the and like I said, I, I get Toronto. I get Toronto. Like they're they were in a position where they're still competing for the division. So I I get it. Um, the Orioles did pitch to him yesterday, but the first two games they were kind of pitching around them. So. Yeah, but Texas it's not like that's always the right move anyway. No, I'm saying not, like, but... I feel like they're doing it in situations that don't even make sense. Like when the right move would be to pitch to the guy and yeah. like actually make him hit the ball, they're yeah. walking him. Like if it's, it's a stupid. six, seven round game, throw him a strike. I don't understand it. It's like both ways. Like, yeah, like if the game is out of reach, throw him a strike. But also if the game is in motion and like the right play is not to walk him, don't walk him be- just right. because don't walk him just because he might hit the 60 second home run off you. That's yeah, that's just childish. It's childish. So real, um, not real quick. Well, we could talk about it for a second. Um, the triple crown has not been won. What was it? Was it 2012 with Miguel yeah, Carrera? Carrera. Yeah. So yeah. right now, uh, Judge leads in two categories. He does not lead in um, batting average. He did pass. So he passed Bogarts. Bogarts is at 305. Yeah. Um, sorry, I think I'll sign rise, Great season. Rise, great season. It's a rise right now. Which, let me yeah, pull him rise. up. I think he's at 315. Let me look. Hang on. He's I, at 315 and Judge is at thir- 313. Yeah, it's doable. It's just going to be really tough because they're just pitching around him. So (laughs) Arise should just do the right thing. The Twins are out of it. Just punt it and let Judge get it because it's not going to happen again. (laughs) Definitely not. Definitely not. not. That sounds like a typical New York Yankees fan. Uh, (laughs) Let the other team suck so my team can win. He has four games. You know, they have four games left each. So, I I don't know. It's still possible. Like, two points isn't that far off, especially, you know, last, last night he had a rough game. 
But and guess what? If he, if he wins triple crown, if he wins triple crown, I don't want to hear any more Otani MVP. No, I can't. I can't even without it. I still that happened. Play. That's happens. That's happened a total of less than ten times. Right. And yeah. baseball has been around since the 1800s. So let's right. stop with that. Yeah. No, we have to be realistic here. Even even if he doesn't win it, I still think he's the MVP. But if he wins that, that's just icing on the cake. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Let's move on. Oh, oh, I wanted to ask you guys one more question, actually, oh, okay. about that. So are you guys counting 61 as the record, or are you counting Bond 73? <laughs> I'm counting Bond 73. It's, Explain. It's, uh, go ahead. It's hard because there's statistics that literally say if you take away the PED home runs, then he has less than Judge would have right now. I don't know how you. I don't, I don't know, know how you. you I don't know how you came up with those there's, statistics. There's yeah, some nerdy dude in his basement who said some stupid stat, and I don't know how he came up with it, but it said something about like if he, essentially what it says is that if you take away the distances that are added from PEDs or whatever, that he wouldn't he wouldn't have broken. That's 60, ridiculous. Which is ridiculous to me. You still have to barrel the baseball. Uh, the uh, that's a whole different discussion for a whole different day about PEDs. Um, PEDs are unfair. They're wrong. They're wrong <laughs> then. They're wrong now. But to barrel a baseball coming in at 100 miles an hour with a round bat on a round ball, you still have there still takes a level of skill that's unmatched. And Bond still had some of the best hands of all time, one of the best hitters of all time, regardless of the steroids. He had 400 home runs before the steroids. Um, so, I don't know. I'm still going to count. An excessive I'm, amount. Like he I'm got still going to count Bonds. He was the most feared hitter ever. He, I mean, you think Judge is feared now? Bonds was getting walked like that the entire season. So, uh, he, yeah, I mean, he Bonds, got walked with the bases yeah. loaded. So yeah. I'm still counting Bonds as, as the record. Um, I don't really care. I'm, I'm going to count I, Bonds. I, I, I did hear, like, I was all in on – I'm still all in on Bonds having the record. You know, obviously, you know, Judge still celebrate, right, like AL record. But the thing that's interesting is that those three guys, Sosa, McGuire, and Bonds, all broke the record while on – all have, you know, a higher home run total – than judge currently while on steroids so like i i do agree that you have to still hit the ball but it is interesting that it is only those three guys who all happen to take steroids who all broke this record or like had a higher home run total while on steroids it's kind of crazy that you know is it really a coincidence at that point if it's three separate individuals all with the same circumstances right that would be the argument for that it not being legitimate but yeah, this is a pretty ridiculous statistic here. It says uh, apparently baseball has a, pro- a projection sh- system called Zips. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but this sounds so ridiculous to me. It says instead of hitting 73 home runs in 2001, the Zips proje- projection suggests that Bonds would have only hit 23 that year. That's so plus, ridiculous. Plus or minus a couple. It, it is absolutely ridiculous. That's absurd. Uh, he probably would have still hit about 50. But I, he, well, you got to remember too. And one thing about Bonds, like he got walked. I hit so seventy three. So we don't know. Limited, right? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. I, I no, no I'm going to say Bonds too. I'm going to say. I'm just being conservative. He probably would have hit at least fifty home runs. At yeah. least fifty home runs. I'm going to so. say Bonds is holding it. Jeff Passan said it best. You know, seventy three balls were hit, went over the fence. I, I do want to give Judge credit though. Like he's under a lot of pressure. Like ESPN is is going into his at bats now. Every time he's at bat. You know, they have to change out the balls because they have, like, especially Mark Ball. Like, and then in New York, the crowd has just been super intense. But he's handling it well. And uh, with the ball being so dead this year, like, for him to do what he's doing is just something. Right. The ball's dead, and you have to think that pitching right now is the best it's ever been. Exactly. So there's a lot so, of factors that, that play into it. But I do think it's, it's he, Here's another factor to consider, though, is that he does play at a Little League baseball stadium in right field. So 
And people um, do say that, but if you look, I actually looked this up the other day. I forget the um, Twitter page. I'll have to put it in the uh, post when I post it because they're such a great page. But they totaled out like almost all of his home runs, except like two or home runs in like every stadium. So yeah. you can't really you can't really say that, you know, all oh, the league home runs reports like, no, he's been hitting bombs this year. Nukes. Yeah. So, it is a little league stadium, though. They didn't need to move it back 15, 20 feet. Fine, opinion. whatever. But he's still hitting them at, at a high, yeah. you know. High rate, so yeah, I'm just tired I mean, of Michael K getting a fucking jumping up and down for fucking 295 foot home runs. So that's it. <laughs> I'm for it. So as long as yeah. please, please go and check out that 2001 season on Baseball Reference, though, for Barry Bonds. Like it is the most Unreal. insane thing you'll ever see. In your <laughs> yeah, it's superhuman. It's it's wiffle ball stats. Yeah, it's, it's like really the amount ridiculous. of. I think his walk like. I feel like it was like close to 50%, like his walk. It was like something crazy. It was a lot. It was a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was a ton. He walked like over 200 times in like 500 at bats or something. I don't know. It was, it's it's crazy. Superhuman. 177 walks. In 2004, he actually surpassed that with 232 walks. He hit 370. I mean, that's un- unbelievable the uh, the twitter page is up, yes. the twitter page i was thinking about i don't know if they're the ones that posted i could have swore it was them but it's a would it dong d-o-n-g great great uh, great follow if you're on twitter so mm. yeah they, they post like where it would have been a home run and all that so huh. anyways moving on phillies brewers uh, this wild car race is still still in for them the phillies magic number is one uh, they were having a little bit of rough, rough stretch of ball. They got swept by the Cubs. They split a series with the Braves. The Brewers are, I don't know, they're just kind of mid to me. They're, both teams are really mid, in my opinion. Me too. Uh, but the Phillies are going to play the Astros for the last set, and the Brewers are playing the Diamondbacks, but the Phillies only need one. The Brewers, I don't know, the Brewers only need two. Harry, did we, did we look that up, or is it two or three? Wait, the magic number is one, so that means for the, if Phillies. the Phillies. If the Phillies win one or the Brewers lose one, I think that's it. Oh, then so okay, so I'm, I'm going to think the Phillies I think are going to. I think the there. Phillies have the the tiebreaker, also. Yeah, that would be a pretty big upset if they didn't. If that happened, I, I think the Phillies have that locked in. Yeah, I would be kind of shocked if if the Brewers took it, but uh, it, like you said, like even though the Astros have nothing to play for, like they're still they're still so arguably their their b squad is still probably better than the phillies so yeah um, i don't know we'll see and the, the phillies are in line to play the cardinals or or the brewers depending on who wins it would be in line to play the cardinals right now and that's I saw it's really something uh, that could change but still. i saw it's really interesting stat and it's and it relates to this and i'll get to it but it might take me a second to get there um, I was listening to Joel Klatt talk about college football, and he was talking about how the top three teams are separated by about this much. The the talent index, there's a rating system when it comes to talent in college football teams. And essentially, the talent between Georgia, Alabama, and Georgia, or sorry, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State is about this. I mean, it's minuscule. It's It's got a very tiny difference. If you look at the difference between now teams four through 14, Essentially, the difference between Ohio State at number three and number 14 is equivalent to the difference between the number 14 team in Florida A&M. So essentially, the talent difference is just so much different. And that's kind of how I see baseball this year. The, The top teams are just on such a different level. I would say the difference between the Phillies and the Athletics is actually more minuscule than the Phillies and like the Astros and the top teams in the league this year. And that's such a shame because um, like the, the Phillies have the players, like they have the talent, they have the payroll. Yeah. I, I really want to see them trust, like next season, like step up. Like they're just, but do you they're, trust they're that such team, a mid team? I mean, no, do you I trust don't. them though? No. 
the Phillies are a team that's talented, but they just don't perform. They playoff teams don't lose to the Cubs. They don't get swept. They just yeah. don't. I just, I think like next year they really need to evaluate like, okay, we have offense. We need a little bit better defense. Like they need, need a bullpen, like, like water. They just need a bullpen. I, it's, it's I just like, really want like to SpongeBob. Like, it's like that SpongeBob episode where it's like water, water. That's yeah. exactly what the Phillies are. They're so desperate for just depth in their pitching staff. I, I really oh, want to so. see them like get, like be more than a mid-level team. Like uh, they have the money, they have the talent. Like they need to start stepping up next season. Mm-hmm. That's all I got on that though. Unless yeah, you guys have anything else. No, let's let's move on to the uh, move on to the hot the topic, NLEs, which is uh, yeah. I'll, and I'll let Harry lead it off because I know he's been crying all night about the NL East, the, but the uh, Braves sweep the Mets. How do you how do you feel? No, you, you know, man, I still I still you know went to sleep with you know just just <laughs> as normal on the cold side of the pillow. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's no different. The yeah, look, you I'm not gonna sit here and and lie. And, and say that I don't care that the Mets got swept by the Braves. This is obviously a huge deal. You know, I, the Mets have struggled all year playing in Atlanta. Atlanta struggled playing in New York. So it kind of makes sense that this happened. Bassett was pitching scared last night. Um, he was put in a really difficult position to make this happen. But look, so now we're, we're moving forward. It's going to be, it would shock me if the Mets swept and the Braves lost um I think the Braves would have to the Braves magic number be swept the Braves would have to be Mm -hmm. swept so yeah like I I would be shocked if this changed so let's just look at going forward right I, I mentioned it a little bit the so first of all the way the playoff the playoffs are structured to me I don't know if this has been discussed I'm sure it has been but is it kind of stupid that St. Louis gets the three seed with a lower record than the Mets, even though I, I get it, like St. Louis won their division. But I think that first you, you, you see, all right, who should make the playoffs, right? Obviously the three division or the, the, the three division winners and then three wildcard teams. But then from there, there should be seeding based on your record, in my opinion. Um, but regardless, we're not, we're playing this, we're playing the Padres we got three games in New York. What I, I don't even think that I would be comfortable with the Mets not. I think there's a part of me that's almost like we kind of need this wild card series, kind of similar to what I'm saying about, you know, the Mariners kind of going into Houston with a little bit of juice, right, from that Tampa Bay series, hopefully, or from the Toronto series, rather, right? Like, I think the Mets need a little bit of juice. Like, I don't think if we went into the postseason the way that we've been playing without any sort of spark, like I, I don't see us getting very far anyway. We've been play having one of the worst, like th- th- this is the worst month I think we've had all season. Eddie Escobar, if not for Eddie Escobar, we wouldn't have even been close. This wouldn't have even mattered this series. The guy was putting up a one dot OPS. Um, meanwhile, the rest of the season, I think he had like a 0.5 something OPS for the whole season. So we just happened to get this insane streak from him. The rest of the team wasn't hitting. The Braves, frankly, weren't hitting either, but they were hitting home runs. The Braves had, I think, 45 home runs to the Mets, 30 in October and uh, September and and the first couple of days of October, um, which uh, propelled their OPS, but they weren't hitting much better than the the Mets, even in that stretch. 
Um, yeah, obviously what happened is, is really unfortunate. Like we, we, we can't be going in and, and getting swept in that scenario when you got DeGrom, Scherzer and Bassett on the mound. Um, it really doesn't, you know, give us a lot of confidence as Mets fans um, that they're going to be able to pull off, you know, even this wild card series against San Diego. Like I'm not super confident that they'll be able to do that. Obviously you saved DeGrom and Scherzer for, for games one and two, and then Bassett in game three again, right? Like next weekend. Oh, you have to do. That's what you have to do. And you have to hope that they're, they're in form um, against San Diego. And I would say that we're kind of, the other thing is, you know, I'm kind of happy to be on the other side of that Braves, you know, of the Braves bracket, because I'm almost more comfortable playing LA at this point. We've actually been able to do pretty well against them. Um, even during our struggling month of September, I think we won two of three against them in LA. So I'm almost more comfortable going against them than this Braves team. I mean, th- dude, Dansby Swanson, like, holy shit. Like he's now Chip, the father of the Chipper, Mets. Chipper, jo- Chipper Jones, yeah. like, you know, like those Mets killers, right. From back in the day, like he's one of them now, like he's going to first. And also like we talk about his contract, right. He's going to get freaking paid. That's the type of shit that gets you paid. Um, that's like a $40 million weekend. I think for him right there that he just that's had a big weekend. Uh, three yeah. home runs all against against DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, um, nonetheless. Like, I'm Matt just Olsen scared too. of that. Was, I'm scared of that team. I'll be honest. Well. I'm scared. Um, yeah, Matt Olson also. Like, I'm scared of that team. I'm not going to lie. Like, they can so hit I'll, a home run and, and break a game open at any point. And they're so I'll say, I'll say is, this. It's pretty guys, fucking good, too. You guys know the Braves are my number two team. So, I, I've i coined the Braves. Like, That's bullshit. No, stop. The, you know they're my favorite team after the Yankees. I've said – I've told you guys how many times that they're going to be the division winner by the end of the season. You all laughed at me. I said, no, my yeah, Braves but, are going to do it. And they did you it. Can't well, they're going to do it. They're the going to win this one bro. Game. Why not? You, bro, how you're rooting That's like saying you don't root against the Red Sox when they play the Yankees. Wait, wait, time out. I don't root for the Red Sox. When they're playing the Yankees? No, I don't. All right, you're lying. But anyway, so my point is I had a couple things on DeGrom where he left with a, a blood blister, this is something bullshit. like that. So I know we talked about last week, who would you throw in your game one? I think now you have to go to Scherzer and let DeGrom get that extra day of rest just to let that clear up. I don't know how long that takes. I'm sure he'll be fine. But I'd probably throw Scherzer game one now just to give DeGrom that – like you want to throw him out there 100%. Like you don't want to throw him out there with a blood blister. I, don't, I know it affects pitching, so. Yeah, it would be easy for me to come on and just say that I'm concerned about the Mets, but that's I think everyone is. I even think Harry's a little bit concerned right now. I said um, I, I was scared of the Braves. Like you don't hear okay. that very often. Yeah. Right. No um, I'd, rather, I'd rather use my time to, to give my flowers to the Braves and uh, Lieutenant Dan's. Yeah, that guy needs to get paid. I don't think he's been given his flowers whatsoever. He's been such an integral part of this team. He's a, he's a World Series champion. He's one of the best shortstops in the game defensively. He's a big bat now. He's hitting home runs this year. He's hitting 280. Way better offensively this year. He's been incredible, and he's, he's a perfect number two guy in that lineup. He's, they he's have the best a, infield in baseball, right? I don't even think it's close. Yeah, I, I, I would say yeah. you could argue with with the corners, Saint, the corner spots in St. Louis that they've got a great infield. You could argue in, in Houston that they've got a great infield. Dude, Riley is such a beast at third. Yeah, it's Austin unbelievable. Their their infield defense, especially when they when they have Ozzy playing too. Like their their defense in the infield is ridiculous. And now with the bats, even like they didn't even lose a beat when they lost Freddie Freeman, which is unbelievable because they they lose Freddie, but then they bring in Ronald Acuna the next year. 
they, I mean, you got to think this team won the World Series last year and they didn't even have a top two, three, four, five, whatever you want to put Acuna in, in the game. They had to they trade were, for a whole entire outfield last year. They had to trade they for three outfield, guys but, in the outfield yeah. that replaced one Acuna. And now this year they lose Freddie and they just replace him with, with the hometown kid and Matty Olsen. It's like nothing changed. This team, that, that team is scary. That team is super, super Really scary. good team. I really like the, I really like the Braves for sure. They have great yeah. pitching, great offense. They're they're young. They they have seniority on the team. They're just yeah. I, I really do feel like they're gonna they're gonna be a threat this year. And everyone's afraid of the Dodgers, but the Braves really match up well against the Dodgers. Really, yeah, really I, well. I do like the Dodgers this year, but I think I like the Braves more. Yep. So so just to you know closing this out, I, I said this too. Like St. Louis is also another team I don't want to play. So on you know maybe a blessing in disguise. We don't have St. Louis on our side. We don't have Atlanta. Obviously, we got to get through San Diego that has this insane, insane lineup. I'm putting air quotes because they haven't been as insane, been insane as they yeah. to be. Yeah. They're all um, dog, no bark. They're all dog, no all, bark. Sorry, all bark, all no bark, bite. no dog. Yeah. All bark, no dog. <laughs> they don't have that uh, dog. <laughs> um, and so we got to take over California. Um, New York's got to, you know, go over there and take it over. Um, San Diego first. And then we got LA second. And I think if we can do that, that actually gives us the momentum we need to even have a chance at this CS. So like, while it really hurts and I am definitely concerned, it could be, we could spin zone it and turn it into this blessing in disguise, or we could roll over and die. And by the way, going back to my comment earlier about the angels and how they've been managed, you know, the last four years, guess who our general manager is freaking Billy Epler who's been the Angels general manager since 2015. I want to know what body of work that guy did to earn the, the job in New York. But bringing up Frankie Alvarez in literally the biggest, the biggest series that we've had since the 2015 World Series. Literally the biggest series that we've been in since 2015. And you bring up our number one prospect to get his first, his first swings in the majors. That's, that's ridiculous, in my opinion. Like, I was excited... Don't get me wrong. Like I told you guys, like I was excited about it, but I did think it was kind of a strange move. Like, why not? Like, I understand it was because rough, there was, you know, a spot because of the IL, but like, if you thought that there was a chance you were going to bring this guy up, how do you not bring him up two, three weeks ago to get some, to get some, some reps? No, I agree. That was a bad spot to bring him up. What are we doing? And, and, you know, this guy made all these moves at the, at the trade deadline, you know, Vogelback rough, um Naquin and they haven't uh, uh, you know what frankly like Vogelback Vogelback's been good not great the rest of them have been fucking shit and I'm not surprised that this guy who had Otani Trout you know Albert Pujols they had you know we talked about this about this team that they had that they should be they should have been better and they weren't what body of work did this guy have to earn this job I don't know um but yeah it definitely frankly like it grinds. It's my been gears. a failure. That like that trade deadline was not what, what what the Mets needed was not what the Mets needed for sure. It's no. it's it's a disaster. And I'll, I'll just say this to close out the East: um, if they play, if things work out the way we predict they work out, the Mets would play the Padres, and it would be Darvish, Musgrove, Snell versus uh, Degrom, Scherzer, Bassett. So it's that's a fun series. It really is. I I, I tune into that for sure. I'm gonna I'm going to tune into that when it's on. So that's a fun series. I did want to read this Jeff Passon tweet, though, because it's something to consider for either team, for the Padres and the Mets, where if you play that three-game wildcard series, um, now you have to go in to play the Dodgers, and you're either without Darvish and Musgrove or you're without DeGrom and Scherzer. So that, that does give, you know, say what you want. You know, momentum is there, I agree. 
say what you want, but the Dodgers, that's nice for the Dodgers. That's a really nice handicap to not play DeGrom and Scherzer right off the bat. Well, they're not going to be able to play him twice. Right, right. They're not going to be able to play him twice. But, like, right, exactly. they haven't been pitching to their standards anyway. So it's not no, like I'm not even, yeah. like, whatever. This was a big like, series, and all, all three of the pitchers went, did not. I mean, DeGrom wasn't, like, terribly, terribly Scherzer, awful. It just wasn't, he wasn't himself. Scherzer wasn't awful either. The thing is, DeGrom always had this problem where if he's going to let up runs, it's going to be home runs. Like, that was always his issue. He gave up three um, and solo. It's still, he gave up three solo. Like he doesn't give up base hits. He strikes out a lot, but he does give up home runs. He gives up the long ball quite often per hit. Like that's like pretty much, that's his, that's his thing. He's yeah. not afraid of letting up the long ball and the Braves are the best team at hitting the long ball. I think this year, I think they have the most home runs um, as a team. Yeah, I was really concerned at seeing Scherzer get that lead and then blow it. I was a little bit concerned by that just based off the fact that he's, you know, you expect your aces just to take a lead and then run with it, especially in the playoffs in the postseason. Yeah. Um, and that, and we didn't see that, you know, the most, what you normally see from these top tier playoff pitchers like Scherzer is they get one or two runs and it's like one or two runs with an ace on the mound is like being down six, seven runs with anyone else. It's, it's a daunting task in the playoffs. And I mean, I didn't like seeing him blow that lead, especially in a, in a hostile environment and a playoff atmosphere. I didn't, I didn't like seeing that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we should be talking about, you know, McNeil hitting so well, Eddie Escobar going for five ribeye steaks against the Mariners in that must win game. Like, and now all of that just doesn't matter. That's the other problem. We had so much moment. That game was so freaking huge. We had so much momentum, but maybe, maybe it was just like, oh, this one guy is hitting well. And we just like, we just happened to win a game because he's hitting well but like the rest of our team sucks right now. And I think that's more like what the storyline is going to, is going to show out to be, which sucks. Cause that game was awesome. That was like yeah. incredible. If and you've ever watched matter. the replacements, which is a football movie, the message I would send to the Mets right now is got to have heart. Mm-hmm. Got to have, have heart. heart. Yeah. We got to, we, we can't roll over gotta, and die. Uh, we got to, we got to, someone's got to light a spark in that locker room. I don't know who it is. Somebody's yeah. got to do something. You got to, you got to dig deep. You, you've made it this far. You got to dig deep. And you know the one thing is hopefully I don't know uh, any update on Marte like I don't I don't know when he's. Uh, let me take down, a, but, I'll take a look real fast just to cover you for a second. But yeah, because because Marte that's obviously been huge that loss um, in September. Um, so if he could come back, we could get the lineup going again. Maybe that brings a spark. You know, I'm just there's looking still for no something. timetable. Uh, that's well, yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise me because I haven't heard anything. Hey, you guys, he's like a need for the Mets right now. I mean, he's such a, a weapon in that offense. Yeah, he's a table setter for that offense, yeah. so they need they need him back. Hand up, hand up. I'm concerned. Yeah, you happy, yeah, you Joey? Happy. You happy? You asked me if I was <laughs> last night. I didn't respond because I I, I, don't I know, know I noticed. Then listen, I want you to be happy, with you, my friend. I wanted the Mets to do good for you, but my my Braves. You know how I feel about my my Braves. Braves get the my fuck out of here. <laughs> They have right, the best mascot on. in the let's game, but we're going to move on. Let's yeah, this is on. pretty much going to be it. I don't want to do predictions because this is still subject to change, but I just wanted to go over the wild card matchups real quick. So it's going to be the Tampa Bay Rays versus the Cleveland Guardians, the Seattle Mariners versus the Blue Jays, the Phillies versus the Cardinals, and it's looking like the Mets versus Padres. Again, still subject to change. That's just what it is right now per MLB.com this morning on Monday. So that's what it is right now. And then I just wanted to bring up two more things before we close out. I know we have some listeners who have like gotten back into baseball from listening to us. And we, we even believe it or not, I haven't told you guys, we have a couple of people who started watching baseball when they started listening to our podcast. So 
yeah. Uh, magic, yeah. So MLB, like you know, take a look as we're growing the game, obviously. But uh, <laughs> when we say when we say the magic number is one, I just want to put that means if they win one game, they're in. So it's like a clinch thing. And then um, I wanted to give a shout out to Ken Zaveras who asked me if we were going to do any trivia. And I know that Harry, you like doing that. So I decided to just put in a trivia question right now this morning. So JT Real Muto, catcher on the Phillies, has 22 home runs, 21 stolen bases. He's had a 2020 season, which for a catcher is amazing. Do you guys know who the last catcher was to have a 2020 season and when they had it? No cheating. Hmm. <laughs> the catcher that can hit and run. That's a... It's a tough, tough ass for a catcher. It's been, I'll tell you this, oh. it's been a long time. Who's the guy on the Astros? I'm blanking on his name. That was on the Astros. I'm not sure you're is that to. not is that not him is he no not it's him? not okay <laughs> no, all right, i'll just give it just to you i don't think you're gonna get it 1999 um ivan pudge rodriguez i was gonna say pudge oh, i was literally gonna say pudge I he gets 35 home runs 25 stolen bases so wow, i was gonna say pudge but then i thought to myself man i don't think he ever stole bags like that but he did in 99 he's the last one to do it since jt real muto that's that's uh, been over 20 years yeah so yeah wow that yeah. And wow. if you want one more thing too, Joey, we're talking about new listeners and not knowing, not knowing some certain uh, lingo that we're, we're speaking about. We brought up the triple crown a lot in this podcast and a former podcast. Triple crown is batting average leader, home run leader and RBI leader. So runs batted in. How many, how many balls you hit over the fence? How many guys you drive in and uh, how many times you get on base per hundred at bats. So and we're going to need a whole podcast on arbitration. That's that's yeah. don't worry about it. Just think, just yeah, think just think you <laughs> think you're worth this much, your job thinks you're worth this much. Somebody comes in and says, No, you're yeah, actually worth this much. So it's it's yeah. an independent right. independent person that negotiates. Yeah, it's not specific so. to baseball, I guess, but yeah, yeah it's right. it's definitely yeah. not the most straightforward process yeah. sometimes. Cool. So. We'll do a so better job at explaining certain terminology and all that stuff. Uh we yeah, we'll have to do wrapped into the fact that we've all been watching baseball for 20 plus years. I think we get wrapped up with that, but yeah, we enjoy everybody that comes into the podcast and comes in and we really a little bit baseball. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Snaps for you guys getting into it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, no, love doing. that. So yeah, do you guys have anything else before we close out? No, it's been a great baseball season so far. It's been, gosh, super interesting. It seems like there's so many teams involved this year. It seems like it's one of the years where there's a lot of uh, – I think there's a lot of uncertainty going into the postseason this year compared to last or several other years. I don't really know who's going to come out of the NL this year. I don't know who's going to come out of the AL this year. There's no clear-cut dominant force. I'd say the most dominant force this year is probably Houston. Dodgers besides that, and Dodgers, the Dodgers. Dodgers but, yeah. And the Dodgers, yeah, actually, and the Dodgers. But even the Dodgers, I think, can be had in the NL. There's, I think there's more depth in the NL compared to the AL this year. Yeah, it's no, just going to be a super, that. super interesting October. We'll see what happens. Um, I, love the, uh, I love the format of the playoffs that they, you know, they went from the one-game wild card to, to a series and also yeah, adding – adding a, a wild card team like i thought that was that was uh really cool and next week i'm either gonna be crying or i'm gonna be <laughs> super hyped next time we talk like it's already playoffs are here friday saturday sunday flushing queens mets padres Degrom, musgrove snell it's gonna be hot. scherzer it's gonna be hot it's gonna be crazy so yeah, yeah. i just want the chaos my team's been out of it for a bit and uh just one last <laughs> thing from me Cooper Cup, if you're listening, I need you to put up a good 20 tonight. <laughs> and uh, other than that, I would appreciate you uh, if you're listening to the podcast. So thank you, Cooper Cup. Yeah, but uh, we'll be back next Monday per usual. So uh, please like, subscribe, follow, share us around, help us get noticed. Uh, we appreciate you guys. All right. Peace out, boys.